Funding for Sundays on the East End comes from Duncan Darrow of Sag Harbor, who is the founder of Fighting Chance, a free cancer counseling center for the East End for 18 years. Learn more online at fightingchance.org. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolow. We have a wonderful guest here today. Most people will know him as the proprietor of Almond Restaurant in Bridgehampton, Eric Lemonides. I hope I said that right. But uh, Alec and I are going to... Our own little jump right in, right? So, so we're we're lucky enough to have Eric uh, uh, blessing us in the uh, morning hours um, (laughs) after one of his typical days uh, and evenings uh, running almond uh, or co running. I I get into credit. Well, I'm sure when he he comes on, he'll he'll strain Um, you out. But yeah, you know, uh, I I grew up like a lot of people needing to make some money, and I work in a bunch of restaurants out here. Where'd you work out here? I worked at the laundry. I washed dishes there. I worked. Uh, it's that uh, that location in Wayne Scott. I forget what it was called, but it's turned over a bunch. That um, um, La Campanine. Oh no, so the, the, yeah, the yeah, highway but, bar. Um, yeah, I was yeah. there. I was a busboy there. I worked at the Bridgehampton Rack and Surf Club. I was a sous chef there. Um, you were a sous chef. Well, or yeah, like I mean, basically, don't eat, I, would, I would not have eaten the potatoes. I would not have eaten the f- potato skins. <laughs> Let me just put it that way. Okay. Um, but no, I did that, you know, and, and, and then I also worked catering for uh, Loaves and Fishes, uh, which was a great job. Sure. Because I didn't have to show up till 6 p.m. and I was out by 11 and a lot of cash and uh, so I can still be a, a young idiot. But um, well, I think just about everyone's put in some time in, in the restaurant business. You know, for me, uh, since my father owned Maxwell's Plum and Tavern on the Green in the Russian Tea Room. My earliest, some of my earliest memories were being at Fleming. That's before you and I were at Trinity. Fleming on 62nd Street and being like a, this little mousy kid in like first grade and the doors bursting open and these tuxedoed waiters with silver platters. It was like a scene from Hello, Dolly. Right. Bringing us footlong hot dogs and hamburgers and, and the combination of just the, the grandeur. Because restaurants but are your theater, dad, I mean, you like, know? If, you, if you don't mind talking about your dad a little uh, bit. Never. Like your dad, and, and you know, anytime I was in the same hemisphere as your dad <laughs> your dad was larger than life your dad your dad had um this almost like ringmaster like personality yeah. and i wonder if that is why he was drawn into the restaurant game or if that the restaurant game brought that out in him i think honestly you know he started in theater and he directed some like original tennessee williams uh, and and maxwell's plum on 64th and first was originally the york theater with a tiny he, just, he was like i think i'll do a sidewalk cafe and that's how maxwell's plum came about so i think it was his love of theater and and his most famous quote if you go on you know whatever google and you google warner Leroy, the quote that comes up is that restaurant is the only form of theater that uses all five senses right um because you're you 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 know that's you're awesome. here yeah you have of, you yeah. know, you hear everything, you, you smell, you taste, you feel, you touch. It has to do with every every sense is engaged when you're in a restaurant. Right. So, so he saw it as kind of a continuation, I think, of from Warner Brothers on down as a form of theater. And, and you know, my dad also weighed 300 pounds, so he loved food. So that he, he was able to you, combine. You, you don't have to weigh 300 pounds to love food. I, I know. But I think it's really great that, you know, that New York City named 67th Street. If you if you are walking down 67th Street in Central Park West and you look up, it's Warner Leroy Place. That's amazing. That's so, so cool. That's really 
I, I, but so uh, yeah, and then I had I had this experience, you know, among the jobs, usually summer jobs, but that I had out here, and and then there was this other side, which uh, not to turn the conversation a little darker, but um, is that a lot of the people that I would meet in the kitchens, a lot of the chefs, a lot of people, they all seem to either be speed addicts or coke addicts or like oh, have definitely. other things because sleep is like a hard thing to negotiate when you're keeping those hours, and so. I know that like when I was coming into my ma maturity, uh, I, I love the energy of a restaurant and yeah. I always thought I could never do this every day. Yeah, it's a, it's an incredible thing, you know, and what, when I, when I, you know, sorry to bring it back to me, but when I went up to New Hampshire and I opened the new London Inn and, and that restaurant, I had a rule, which I got some pushback at the beginning where, uh, you know, after, after hours, the staff, it was also an inn, keep in mind, so people were above, they could have one drink. One one drink at the bar, and what then you everybody say, a had rule, to scoot. A rule for the people that work there. Yes, a rule for the people who worked in the kitchen. There was like no all night like lines of coke on the bar. That was just not not going to be happening because there were also twenty four rooms. Yeah, and uh, we had breakfast serving the next morning. And at first, I got like a lot of pushback yeah. because I think some people do get into the restaurant business for the adrenaline and and a lot of you know drugs and alcohol goes along with that. But at the end, I I mean you know after six months, I was being thanked because people were getting home safely and in one piece and waking right. up. Right, and and I know like day. when I became a parent, uh, it became apparent. That uh, oh, I see what you did. There you go. That <laughs> five or six a.m. shows up every day. Yeah, and you have to be there. And those birds and, are right there. Right, and, 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 how and you think so about those birds. I also think in 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 terms of the kind of uh, uh, mythology that restaurants have is they're twenty four hour day operations for them to yeah. for for you to go in and have a meal that might last 45 minutes or an hour and a half or two hours. Uh, the, <laughs> what's gone into it. I mean, what's gone into it is, right. is extraordinary. So I'm, I'm fascinated by that because that, again, I'm, I'm a process thinker. That's process in my mind. Well, it's going to be really fun to talk to, to Eric when he, when, he, when we let him get a word in edgewise because Almond, you know, there are so many restaurants out here and a lot of them go belly up and Almond hasn't and it, it, it's not by the just... Way, by the way, not, by no, the way, just, by the way, their pork belly up is really good. Yeah, well, well but that's what I was going to get to is, you know, like, like, like we're going to talk about, they source locally. They're, right. But they also have like a little sass going on there. And Absolutely. that is, they have, you know, I think that, that Eric and, and Almond and, and Jason and Jeremy and everybody else who's involved have developed this sort of cast of characters. And um, and I was there last night and, you know, Jason came out. He's wearing his little hat with the yellow pom-pom on top. And, and uh, Jeremy opened the door to look out. He was wearing a big shirt that said, you know, F yeah. Kanye. <laughs> it was like, they're, they're characters. People... You know, it, it is like part like theater. It's theater. It's and, theater. And the food is beautifully presented. Right. So, so I know that Melons was there. Uh, yeah. One Ocean Road. One Ocean Road was there. Yeah. Um, I and can remember back, back as a kid, Muller's Market was there. <laughs> we would go and, and get something. Well, that's. We also want to talk about L and W Market, which is the latest. Which is awesome. Which is amazing. It's awesome. Very small market. It's but it's, it's right, right in the middle. It's right adjacent of, uh, to Almonds. It, I, I, I would imagine. Next to. Why don't you just use the word next to? I need to go all adjacent on I'm me. Like, uh, I'm, I'm a writer for too. Like a ten point word always. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like I do a lot of my work in the Bridgehampton Library, and uh, since that market opened up, it's almost like a magnet for me to know I can go and get my work done, and then go and and have the experience of, of getting some lunch there, eating there, doing whatever. Uh, it it kind of brings me back to being in college uh, in some way of like, which which is good as a writer. Uh, it doesn't feel like work, and so I yeah. I love that market. Um, I'm kind of working my way through the menu. <laughs> well, listen, I think that's a good place for a break. You know, you're here listening to Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolow. On Sundays on the East End. We'll be right back after this. 
365 days a year, WPPB is working for you on the air and on our website. WPPB has a helpful community calendar on our site. Just go to 883wppb.org to the community calendar tab and tell us about your activity or event. It's free, easy, and fast. WPPB is the voice of the community, 365 days a year, seven days a week, on the air and online. Spread the word about your community events. Go to 883wppb.org. Je ne veux pas travailler. Je ne veux pas déjeuner. Je veux seulement oublier. Et puis, je Okay, well, we're back on the air with Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alec Dove Sokolov. That's right, and Bridget Warner Leroy. And we're bringing our guest Eric Lemonidas on from Ahmed Restaurant. Welcome, Eric. Welcome, Eric. Hi, everybody. Nice to, uh, nice to be here. Happy Sunday morning. Yeah, Happy no, Sunday I, morning. I, I want to ask, because this is the first question, is that Almond Zygmunt is involved in the restaurant's name Almond, but I'm not quite sure what where that... So... So Amon Zygmunt, yeah, Amon Zygmunt is an actual person. Um, we actually refer to her very often as Amon the person as opposed to <laughs> just Amon. Amon the because restaurant. Because Amon is the restaurant. Um, I, just found out, I just found out like two weeks ago that Amon is a human being. So mm-hmm. when, when Jason and I first discussed opening a restaurant together out, out in Bridgehampton, it was September 2000. Wow. Um, Jason and Amon were dating at the time. Okay. Um, and living in Las Vegas, and I was actually living in New York, and we we found this space, this kind of beat up old building down on the down next to where the King Cullen is right now, and we rented it, and we didn't know what we were doing. I was thirty years old, Jason was thirty one. We had no idea he was dating this girl named Almond and working at the Bellagio in in Las Vegas. And where were um, you? What were you doing in New York? I had a little shop, kind of similar to L and W, actually, kind yeah. of a little place called Lunch. Um, it was kind of an early version of Pret a Manger. It was kind of sandwiches, salads, that kind right. of thing. Like fresh food to go. Yep. Yeah. Um, and we we signed the lease in September, planning on opening in May. And that November, <clears throat> excuse me, that November, I was sitting in a lawyer's office in New York, filling out l- the applications for a liquor license. And he said, "What's the name of the place going to be?" And I <laughs> said, "Well, we haven't talked about that at all." He said, "Well, for the purposes <laughs> of this." of this form, we need a name. Right. And I said, I ser- I don't know. I have no idea. I was like, Café La Plage. I don't know. I don't, you know I don't, <laughs> there already is one like, of those. There's right. an everything. There's right. an everything. Right. And so finally, I, I kind of said, <clears throat> you know what? I've been toying around with, with, we had toyed around with butter. Butter hadn't didn't exist yet. We like thought about butter. We thought about olive oil. We, all, we thought about all these stupid, stupid names. And, <laughs> and, and I said, but you know what? those are staples. Almond. almond. I said, let's just use almond for right now. And he's like, okay. And I, I I walked downstairs and I signed all the forms and, you know, it was pre-cell phone for me. So I, I got on a payphone. I called Jason. I was like, dude, I think, <laughs> I think I just did something really dumb. <laughs> and he's like, what do you do? I said, well, I just named our restaurant after your girlfriend that you've been dating for eight months. Okay. And does, does Amon um, uh, Sigmund, is that her last mm-hmm. name? Yeah. Does she use more water than other people? Like almonds use more water? Oh. <laughs> Almond, almond, almond lives a healthy lifestyle. <laughs> 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 anyway, well, so that's how it was named. And then, you know, how did you develop? Because it is, Almond, is, like I said, kind of has developed this cast of characters. Um, it's a very successful restaurant out here. You guys get a lot of press and a lot of attention. You definitely were one of the forefront 
people on uh, you know the local locally sourced how did it how did it find its feet you know it's it's been 18 years or so of finding its feet um the thing about the restaurant business is and and you kind of grew up in the business you know this as well as anyone it it is an organic thing that is living constantly and it every day it goes through a change when we opened almond originally um it was a, a an old school down and dirty really french bistro mm-hmm. right i mean and what was the signature dish or dishes um it was all the old classics, escargot, and I mean, most Which of still have. we still have. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, most of that stuff we still have. The escargot, the steamed mussels, um, foie gras, steak frites, you know, that kind of old school stuff that you'd find in, you know, a 40-seat bistro in, in, in Soho. Right. Right. And did you have, like, the Pyrex uh, glasses that, like... Uh, wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just went into the weeds. Huh? It was no, it's really funny. We, you mean for like you know, ramekins? One of no, he, I think you're talking about those little. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, oh, so oh, one oh. of the questions, one of the questions we had when we were first when we were first opening was wine glasses. Right, we we're like we Wait, need that, to have wine glasses. Wine glasses? <laughs> <laughs> or just wine, wine. glasses. Yeah, glasses. <laughs> um, and we had this serious, con- we had this really serious conversation about it because it was it was 2000 and yeah. it was a thing then. In the yeah. city, people use these little juice glasses for, for red wine. Oh, right. Yeah. And and I was like, let's do juice glasses for red wine. And Jason was like, dude, people in the Hamptons couldn't handle that. They need stems. <laughs> and I was like, no, I think we do juice glasses for red wines. So we give them kind of the opposite of, of what's what they're doing right now. <clears throat> right. And in the end, it, we kind of, when we opened Almond, I think one of the reasons it kind of had traction at the very, very beginning was we went 180 degrees from what everyone else was doing. Right, at but but time, it sounds like it sounds like just the way you described that story, that it wasn't um, cognitive; it was almost instinctual. It was like, let's do something that that allows us to have a, a space in in our own story. You know what? It was mostly we did what we knew. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was kind of mostly we did what we knew. We kind of grew up in places like that. Well, right. I want to talk. Um, I want to actually backtrack to that because you grew up. Um, it, your uncle, it was like your uncle had a it restaurant? Was, I had a funky upbringing. My, my parents divorced when I was super young. I was four. Okay. Um, and, and where, where were I, you? My mom lived in Brooklyn and my dad lived in Soho on the corner of Grand and Sixth. Okay. Um, right across from the old Moondance Diner. Okay. okay. Um, and if any of you have seen the movie Three Complete Strangers. Help Three me. Identical Strangers. Three Identical Strangers. Yeah. That was the building that my dad lived in. Oh, wow. Um, where the triplet Romanian restaurant was. We lived on the second floor. Okay. Um, and my uncle owned a restaurant where Triplets was before that. And what was it called? It was called The Lemon Tree. Okay. Eric Lemonitas, The Lemon Tree. Oh, I get it. Okay. Um, and my uncle, my uncle Jim had a restaurant on the ground floor of my dad's loft. And I was pretty young. And when I would, was at my dad's house on weekends, if my dad wasn't around, the two places I was allowed to go was either downstairs to my uncle's restaurant or a couple blocks away on, on Broom Street, there was a place called Le Du Gamin. And I would... It's a French restaurant. Which was the, the, the yeah. quintessential... It's where Lucky Strike is now. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the, the quintessential owned by this funky... At the time, I thought he was 100 years old, but he was probably like a 30-year-old French guy <laughs> who smoked a lot of cigarettes. Right. And I would sit at the bar by myself and order whatever I wanted, and then my dad would come in and pay later. Wow, and it now, was see, awesome. New York was so it cool. Was man. Awesome. So, so, I, so I grew up. On the, I grew up on the Upper West Side when I wasn't out in the East End, mm-hmm. and uh, my folks had house accounts at a bunch of places in the neighborhood. And and part of my childhood was this idea that you just go in, or call, get something, and you don't pay. 
Yeah. Yeah, your parents. <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, for me, it was Maxwell's Plum and Tavern on the Green. Uh, so right. I was, yeah, I was okay. Mic drop. Mic drop. Mic drop. Bridget. Right. Yeah, I was. I was like going in with twelve people and having lunch at Tavern on the Green, and then like charge it it was know. it was you know it was also 1980 81 82 83 we graduated um, in 81 i would they would pour me they this is one of the things that kind of bridget and i were joking about um i would have glasses of pepsi and they would like put like a quarter of a glass of red wine in it nice and i was right. 14 nice and oh, i was yeah. just sitting the there first, like so you invented the uh the wine cooler <laughs> no i have a feeling i have a feeling it was invented a long time before that. <laughs> They used to do that. I mean, it wasn't. I, I mean, I certainly had my parents would. Well, we both come from. I assume that you have a Grecian background. I, would I be correct in that? I think you're pretty on the money. Okay, right. and I'm a pizza bagel, so I definitely had like a little bit of red wine with, mm -hmm. with dinner. All right, and know? can I just tell you as we're now we're going into heritage? No, so Manischewitz. No, no, I did, I did, I did the Ancestry.com, and I was like. You know, ninety-one percent Eastern European Jew. My like God. it just said, it just said that. Okay, did you? I'm like it said that in answer. Did you? But then my brother just did it, and he's a hundred percent. And that doesn't make sense. Rot row. Just I just saying. did mine, so, and I and, and I was fifty-three percent Eastern European Jew, and then I was like Portuguese and French and and Sardinian. I'm eighty-eight percent Greek. Okay. Four percent Jew. Proud to be. There you <laughs> yeah, go. Very there proud you go. of you. There you go. Part and just the, just the tip. And just a little, just a little, I have, I have, I have just a little bit of Jewish. <laughs> yeah, I like to say I, I don't, I have no Irish in me. I also found uh, out, I also found out I have a couple first cousins that I don't know about. Really? Yeah. You found that out? That Wait, is so cool. You have a That's, couple first cousins where? I have one first cousin. That he didn't know about. That, that no. no one knows about. Oh, far out. Yeah. Every family has that it's stuff. It's a thing. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go back to this. So, so you kind of grow up. Uh, in, in, in a tender bar, right? Like you kind of grow up where it's like you're learning the world, you're seeing the greater world in, in, in these restaurants and bars and, and um, did you always kind of have that connection? Like, yeah, I really, really did. Yeah. Um, I kind of, as I was growing up, you know, that was, that was our entertainment. Our entertainment was and it was New York, right? It was, again, I hate to say it, but it was New York in the 80s. When you were 15, you went to bars with your friends. You went Absolutely. to restaurants with your friends. That's kind of... Well, when we were Dublin growing house. up, the drinking age was 18 the Dublin years house. old. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. That's where we were. That, yeah. was, that, that was our junior high school bar, so, our high school bar, our yeah. college bar. And I yeah. kind of grew up, <laughs> I hate to say it, a little bit behind you guys. Yeah. A couple <laughs> years on both of you. Um, but as the ages changed, it was 18, and then they changed it to 19, and then they kind of changed 21. it to 21 at yeah. one point. Um Nobody really cared at that point. No, no. no. It, was, it was not a thing. Right. Um, so I literally grew up, you know, when we were with our friends, the, the question was, what do you want to do tonight? And the question was, Dublin House was a big one. Yeah. Dublin yeah. House was a really Gus, big one. Gus was a bartender. Um, um, but Lucy's was a big one. Oh, Lucy's, um, yeah. That was it. That was Columbus Avenue. Where was Lucy's? I don't even. I, if you want to know the God's honest truth, I don't even remember. But yeah. I, 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 I. But it was a destination. It was. It, it was, was a spot. A I mean, we were kind of Brooklyn kids and kind of downtown kids. So for us to go up there, it was kind of a thing. It yeah, was, right. It yeah. was a. It was a real conversation. You but, showered that week. But <laughs> <laughs> if it was a Tuesday, um, and and we, I, I kind of grew up doing that and ended up in school in the city. I went to Brooklyn College. Oh, nice. Um, and as I was in school, I started waiting tables to to make money. Yeah. Right. Um, when I came out of school, I realized I was just going to keep doing that because I liked it. Right. And then it just kind of organically led from one thing to the next. What were you studying at college? I, yeah, I'm I curious. Don't yeah. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually never finished. Right. I never I, um, finished either. 
It was my my in between the last semester of my senior year at Brooklyn College. Um, I went to San Francisco on a road trip and I didn't come back. Yeah. That sounds familiar. Yeah. But that's not something interesting about restaurant people in general, which is why I'm so uh, – one of the other reasons why restaurants close is I think that people in the restaurant business, very much like in the newspaper business, are journeymen. So you do a lot of moving around. It's a transient profession. Being in the right. restaurant business, lots of waiters, they're, they're waiting while they're waiting for their big break for something else as a writer or an actor or a director or whatever. That's the job, the transient job. And a lot of chefs, you know, especially if they're sous chefs or garmanger or, or – or whatever, they're looking for their next big break. So it's really interesting that you've developed this group that have, for the most part, pretty much stayed together. Well, you know, it's interesting. I have, I've kind of given this advice to, I have a, a bunch of nephews and nieces, and I've given this advice to, to almost all of them, is learn the restaurant business because it can bring you to anywhere. Mm-hmm. You don't have to stay in it. You don't have to, you don't have to stay there. You don't have to do it. But, but if you know how to tend bar, you can move to any city you want, find an apartment, and you will have a job within a matter of days. Yeah. Um, so that's a kind of pretty cool thing about it. That's really awesome. Yeah, and don't short pour. <laughs> no, no, no. Over, always, always over pour. pour. Always <laughs> over pour. Are you kidding? There's yeah. no money in short pour. So, so you go out to San Francisco and, and uh, I, I, I'm bad with names. Alice Waters? Alice, Alice Waters. Waters, right. So yes. like, was that revolution? Would you feel that palpably? So, or? That's oh, the slow food. So, so that was, oh, for sure. So... I, I actually shared an apartment with my business partner, Jason Wiener, who we haven't even talked about yet. Yeah, we're going to listen to you lots of time. But, but Jason and I kind of both moved. I moved out to San Francisco, and he kind of moved out a couple months later. Um, and we shared an apartment together. And Is that how you met? Was no, we met. When we met. We've been friends since we were kids. That's we awesome. Were, we were friends since That's we were like six us. years old. Like us, honey. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we kind of were in different orbits for a long time. And then when we kind of started both working in the restaurant business is when we kind of became super tight. But, but one of our... This is a, a, a really true story. Uh, we lived on Lake Merritt in Oakland, and it was a couple miles from Berkeley, and and Chez Panisse was there, and it was it was a powerhouse at the time. It was yeah. it was it was a new thing for us. It wasn't that new for San Francisco, but it was still pretty new. Um, and every Wednesday, she did a twenty-five dollar three-course prefix. Uh, wow! Brilliant. And that was free. Yeah. Except for us, because twenty-five dollars. The choice was: Are we going to pay rent? Or are we going to go to Chez Panisse this week? <laughs> and yeah. what was the... Uh, it was kind of every other week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. But, but, right. And so the magnet of the experience, the philosophy of the food that she was preparing. Because uh, what I always think about places like Almond is that when you live out in the East End or where you, whether you come out here, these are magnets. These are like places where you get an, an authentic experience. You get something you're not going to get anywhere else. Um, and that takes... You have to be. You have to have an editorial aspect to what you're doing. One of the cool things about that is, Jason and I both kind of, I say, got our chops in San Francisco, um, in the early '90s, and, you know, that was kind of just at the time when things were changing in New York restaurant-wise. Kind of mm-hmm. before the early '90s, it was a very kind of formal, strict, kind of very polished restaurant, in New York. Mm-hmm. Right, or, or um, like the Arc uh, Company that that uh, would just kind of. Put up places that were hit, right. or right. right, and 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 Jason and I both moved out to Cam- to San Francisco, where the food came on a car, not in a yeah. truck. Wow, it came in a pickup, not a boat. Right, everything kind of was everything. right there. Everything was literally kind of bought from markets and kind of the ducks. You kind of knew the freaking the guy. I almost <laughs> did it. I almost okay. did it. You knew the guy that was selling you the ducks, and that was something for us growing up in New York. 
was, you know, you, you didn't know about that. No, because if I wanted York, a duck, I'd order pigeon. You, you, uh, <laughs> there's that too. Or you ordered duck and got pigeon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, listen, you know what? This is a good time for us to take an another interlude. Little, an interlude, interlude to take a little amuse bouche, a little, you know, a little, yeah, gap. A little uh, gap. So anyway, you're listening to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolow. And we're talking with almond owner Eric Lemonitas, and we're going to be right back yeah. after this. Is there someone in your life you'd like to honor? Family member, friend, an unsung hero? Nominate them for a Merci Bouquet, delivered free from Sag Harbor Florist. Send name and contact information to bonnie at 883wppb.org and listen Friday mornings on the Media Mavens on WPPB. Merci Bouquet, giving thanks to our community. Back with Sundays on the East End. This is Bridget Leroy and Alex Sokolo, and we're chatting it up with our guest Eric Lemonitas from Almond Restaurant in Bridgehampton and the Ellen W Market. And we were somewhere around San Francisco on our way. Like, how did we get from San Francisco? You and Jason out out here. We it was it was a, a, a pretty cool. I was in between jobs. Um, I was working at a place in Oakland, California, for um, an old New York Jet. Ronnie Lott owned a restaurant. <laughs> Was he a and Jet? He was a San Francisco 49er. He was a 49er, and then he became a Jet. But after he like had his finger cut off? Uh, okay, so Bridget's just going to sit here and say, <laughs> I have no, no idea Eric, what the, the hell you no, guys are talking about. No, I, I, here's what I know about Ronnie Lott. Like, the guy chose to have part of his finger amputated, so he didn't miss playing a football game. And that, to me, sums up football. <laughs> okay. There you go. There you go. Football as art. Um, so I was, work- I was working for, for Ronnie, and, and he was opening a new restaurant. It was April. He was opening a new restaurant in October. Um... And gave me the opportunity to manage this new place that was opening in October. Cool. And the only downside was I had already been managing his first place um, called Piemonte Ovest. And I was young. I was 23 and kind of had just an assistant manager's job. And I, I kind of loved it. And it was, it was everything. Um, but he said, here's the deal. We're going to open this new place in October. Right now we need to hire new managers in the old place to kind of take your spot. So we need you to be a waiter for the, for the summer. And I was like, that's cool, but you know what? Instead, I'm going to do a road trip, and I'm going to go across and spend the summer in the Hamptons. Yeah. Um, go wait tables. Make be in the ocean where, all day. Where did you uh, So I, I came out east. It took me about six weeks to drive across. Um, and I pulled into Della Firmina. Okay. And I, oh, I, I know walked this story. in. I walked into Della Firmina with my resume and said, hey, I'm here, and I'm looking for a job as, as a server for the summer, and I want to make a little money and have a little fun. Um, and Pat Trauma, the, the chef at Della right. at the time, um, knew a bunch of people that I had worked for out in San Francisco and, and a bunch of people Jason had worked for and kind of looked at my resume and said, listen, we don't really need any servers right now, but we do need a general manager. Get out of town. <laughs> Swear to God. <laughs> That's awesome. And I was 24 and I had, you know, been assistant manager right. in this restaurant in California. And I was like, listen, dude, thank you huge, but I got this life in San Francisco and I'm yeah. going back there in October and I'm not your guy. And he said... Well, this is what you get paid. And I said, Hello. Wow. Might be your guy. <laughs> and I Hello, said, Thank seller. you so much. No, but not even. I was like, Thank you so much. But because the, the, the money difference between California then and New York was huge. Yeah. Right. Um, 
And I was like, I appreciate it, but seriously, I just want to wait tables. I want to come to work at five o'clock in the afternoon. I want to be on the beach all day and make some money and go back there in, in October. And he said, listen, why don't you just, our, Jerry Delphine just opened this new market down the block. Why don't you go down and meet him, see if you get along. And we got in the car that minute and drove to the Red Horse. Now, you know that the Independent and the Red Horse opened the same day, September 1st, 1993. I didn't know that. And we're, we're still in the Red Horse yes. Plaza. I mean, yeah, that's that somebody, I so, so I like, have known you for like much, much longer than so I thought. Like a very productive September 1st, maybe the second most productive September 1st <laughs> in history. <laughs> <laughs> for, for for those Hitler fans out there. Oh, God. <laughs> You're horrible. Oh, this is a good time. <laughs> Sixty years later, right? Anyway, but um, so I, I we drove over to the Red Horse, and there, there Jerry was there with David bagging, Silver bagging groceries. Cool. <laughs> That's amazing. and we just started talking, and he we kind of fell in love with each other. And I still said, "Listen, thank you so much, but I'm going back to San Francisco." At which point, Jerry said. Well, you know, we close every year, January, February, and March, and you get paid. <laughs> wow. And I was I like, mean, I'm your man. Oh, <laughs> God, I can't believe it. And that's so kind you of... Were there, so it was Pat Trauma, it was you, it was... It was, was right. me and I'm Pat Trauma. I mean, we were kind of... Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Penner was Pat Suchef at the time. Right, but so again, the oh universe never says no, and, and the universe just opened up an opportunity that, that you had put yourself in a position that you didn't even know no, you no, put yourself I, in. That's a thing, right? When, when you have to be... Smart enough to know when you're being lucky. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's cool. a great, great. It's not profound. mine. I think it's Jack Welsh. Yeah. That is profound, though. Yeah. You yeah. have to be it, smart it, enough to know when you're being guy, lucky. Right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Jack Welsh. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, where do we go from here? We go. We go to Jason. So so okay. let's let's give him uh, a shout out and some props. So so tell me because uh, I don't know anything about the way you guys run your business. What like what when I hear about restaurants, sometimes I hear who's on a, top. There's a front room man. There's a back room man. All that stuff. How, how do you guys? So Jason work? and I, it's a, it is a true division of labor. It's two completely different businesses that that kind of intersect in the middle. Yeah. Jason runs the the, the kitchen and all of our and all of our businesses and I run kind of what we call the front of the house and all of our businesses. Yeah. Um, when it comes to menu decisions, when it comes to menu thoughts, when it comes to menu ideas, it's Jason 100%. I mean, I might go somewhere and say, dude, I was just in Chicago and I had this thing and you got to see it. And Deep he might kind of get some inspiration. Pizza. Deep dish pizza. pizza. It's gonna be with big. Three with, inches <laughs> with mozzarella in the crust. Get out of town. That's not pizza, by the way. Just saying. That's not pizza. Okay. Anyway, um, Jason, the Thursday night plot du jour. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> but then you also have you Jeremy. Be, he'll be rich. But, but then you have you have the Hebrew hammer himself, <laughs> Jeremy. Well, you know that's, in there too. That's kind of that the is chef de cuisine. What bring Jeremy on board was was one of the one of the really fun things that's happened over the years. He he brought a a new kind of vision to the to the restaurant um kind of I, I was saying we kind of started out as a real french kind of classic restaurant yeah. and kind of over the years we've we've kind of we've we've moved we've kind of changed around and and jeremy has brought this kind of this this kind of vietnamese thai crazy asian i just love sunday night chinese food that is so and it's all fried i mean it's all local stuff but yep. you know that's kind of an old jewish tradition of like get, get some chinese food and you know and, right. and he has this amazing these bento so, boxes all right but i want all right so i want to go yeah. back to this so so you guys have this division um and and the restaurant business does require somebody who can kind of handle the front of the house and somebody who, but and but Amon does have a philosophy of of local sourcing so is that sure. something that is more on Jason's purview is that something that that you guys have like how does that work I'm just curious like uh, that again that happened organically again that happened kind of 
you know, Jason was driving to work, and he's like, oh, I'm just going to stop at Pike Farms and, and talk to them about, you know, getting tomatoes from here instead of calling the guy on the phone in New York. And that, that you know, it started happening probably about 15, 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't when we first opened. When we first opened, we kind of didn't really know that much better. Um, I and do have slowly to give a, a shout out then also to Colin Ambrose because he was one I of mean, the founders out here, and he's going to be our guest in, a, in about a month. So, so Colin Ambrose, Jason, and I all met each other in California. That's awesome. Yeah, and I mean that was one of our kind of another one of those like, oh, we're supposed to be here kind of universe uh, moments. Amazing, yeah. Um, like the Beatles. Like we all end up in the same place. <laughs> the Beatles are from California. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Oh my god. But go to go yeah. to go back to to kind of to Jason and kind of and how that all works. Um. I mean, at first it literally started out, Jason would would leave his house at 9 o'clock in the morning and stop at, at Balsam Farms and then stop at, at, at Pike and then stop at Falkowski and kind of make all these stops along the way on the way in and bring stuff in. And kind of at that moment, that was what he decided he was going to make in the night. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so how, and how, all right, so you have some staples on the menu, but then there would always be, that would be the, 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 the yeah. du jour. I mean, that Yeah, I mean, people come into the restaurant every once in a while and they'll, you know, they haven't been there in six months, and they'll ask for a salad, and like, I'll look at them, and I don't mean to, but I kind of have those bugged eyes. I was like, artichokes are in April. Yeah. Right. It's November. Right. Like, right. I love it. Like, like, right now, you've got the Brussels sprouts masquerading as a Caesar salad, yeah. because it's winter, so yeah. it's Brussels sprouts. And um, and well, I know that somebody- is, That self-identifies as Caesar salad. <laughs> and we have a Facebook page. We have a Facebook page, Sundays <laughs> on the East End with Bridget LaRoy and Alex Hocklow. It's quite a mouthful. But someone asked, like, ask Eric about ramps. But it's not ramp season yet. That's, like, coming up in the spring. So but. asking Eric about ramps, I have a feeling I might know who it is. Psychopath. Um, <laughs> Um, All right, we can get off the off ramp if you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but I mean, I but the idea is that ramps, you know, have a particular season, and like garlic scapes or morels. I mean, they they they're seasonal, and you guys definitely go with the seasonal stuff, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah. And that's and one what of the, keeps it one local. of the things L and W has actually afforded us, though, is and kind of even Almond has in the last couple of years is um, Jason does a lot of canning. Right, um, kimchi juice. Right. So, so L and W has all of that, which is amazing. And we've always used that in the restaurant. I mean, come September, you know, we have friends. Who, literally, at this point now, years later, we have friends who are farmers who, towards the end of the season, they will just dump on us boxes and boxes and boxes and crates and pounds and pallets of, dude, this is dying on my vine. Let's kind of cut a deal. Let's and 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 right. and all of a sudden we have, yeah. you know, tomatoes that Jason's canned in September. That we're eating in February. That's right. wonderful. Um, so, so, this, so there's a real conversation also going on, I mean, and I say conversation with with the the produce out here, and then where, where the restaurant takes it. As far as I know, Jason never ever asks any of our farmer friends and purveyors for a certain product. His his conversation is, "What do you got?" So that's, that's the philosophy. The philosophy is, "What do you got?" Yeah, right. and we'll make it beautiful. Yeah, that's or or listen, I want to, and he's also gotten to the point where. I wanna I wanna do this, so maybe can we plant this for then? And it's right. it's pretty awesome. Well here's here the so let's get to the front of the house. I mean I see where where from the restaurant, the the, the back of house standpoint where the creative process is. Where's your creative process in the running the front of well, the, the house? Well the coolest part about any business I think is, you know, you are only as good as your weakest link. And one of the things that, that we've been really fortunate with is over the years we don't have that many weak links. Um, you know, Nick Moraz, who's our general manager, is, is got the heart. He's got the biggest heart of anyone you'll ever meet. Um, you know, one of the best, Nick, Nick just, Nick's 
answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, we could totally do that. Let's do that. It'll be great. That's awesome. Um, and having someone like that with me and next to me and beside me is 90% of what I need to do. Um, having someone like Jack O'Donnell or, or Mike Tibbetts or, or Emily Toy, all these, all these guys who kind of work for us, um, you know, you walk into work and you're like, yes, awesome, Jack's here today. Yeah, you have a great and that, But that translates to the customer. Yeah. You know, that translates that the you know, when I interview somebody, the last question I ask them is where have you worked and what's your experience? Mm -hmm. My first question is, so what's going on? How's your day? What are you doing? And if there's a connection, you can teach someone how to right. take an order. And how do you like uh, like out here? Because it, we live in a seasonal place that uh, the population increases or decreases by 90 percent, depending on the time of year. How do you create that culture with people? that, that um, are going to work but really be part of the family and be part of the philosophy? You know, it's, it's a hard question because I don't know that you can create it. I think it just it, it, it happens. Mm. You know, Jack, is, Jack has been with us for I can't even tell you how many years. Yeah. Nick has been with us I can't even tell you how many years. Um, you know, and it's just kind of, again, I, I use that word organic all the time, but it's true. It's, it's this living thing. It's kind of... Well, you know, how do friends find each other? I don't know how that happens. But that's what happened when, when, we, when I had the restaurant up in New London, New Hampshire, um, the New London Inn, was that it was a really positive attitude. And every once in a while, you know, someone would have to move away or they'd get pregnant or whatever, yeah. and we'd hire someone new. And sometimes you could just feel it, and I would freak out because I was front of the house. So I would be freaking out. I've got to fire <laughs> this person. And right. our chef, Jared Rockwell, who's now at Simon Pierce. Um, he's the, the head of the of Simon Pierce, which is fantastic, in Queechee, Vermont. He said to me, Bridge, people fire themselves. And when you have such a positive atmosphere, right. the weakest link is but not also, gonna survive. But also They're the just restaurant, not gonna survive. The restaurant True. business, one bad experience for a diner not only affects that diner, but but all the gossip that happens afterwards. So I always thought, and this is another thing that that's it's like a zero sum game where somebody has to leave feeling like they had a good time, yeah. feeling like they had a positive thing. And if they didn't, feeling like they've been heard. Well, you know, one of the, I mean, we, nothing, nothing comes by chance, right? I mean, it does. But, but, but one of the things, we, we talk about this kind of stuff at the restaurant almost every night. Um, every night at 4.30, we open at 5 o'clock. Every night at 4.30, we have what's called pre-shift. Mm -hmm. And the entire restaurant, the entire front of the house and the chef, managers all sit down at the same table and we, we talk about what we're making that night. We talk about what the specifics of that night might be. Um, one of the typical specifics, one really real thing out here particularly is, I call it the Friday night, Saturday night phenomena. Um, Friday night, all summer long, people just spent 60 hours in their office getting beaten up. Right. They then get in their car at 5.30 with their wife or their husband or their boyfriend or their girlfriend and their kids in the back and the puppy in the back and they're so excited to go to the Hamptons for the weekend and they get to the Midtown Tunnel. <laughs> and, and, they, and, they, and they set up shop there. And they right. set up shop. And, and there's yeah. conversations of, no, get off at exit 41 and take the northern state. No, it's better if we get to, to the right. Sagatos. And they get to Almond and their blood pressure is through the roof. Right. And they walk in and they look at you and they say, four. You're like, hi, how are you? <laughs> right. Th that table. And, and, you know, you just spent four hours in a car of stress. And, and we talk about this at the restaurant. And, and, you know, it's really easy when you're in a restaurant business, it's really easy to be nice to the person who walks in who is nice. Right. Of well, course. especially you're, you're like somebody had said this to me about two years ago that out here, especially in the summer months, what you don't realize is that everybody's a hero in their own life. So that they're here for the spoils of the victories of their life. 
And when I was not a permanent resident here, I was that person unwittingly. Yeah. But like that's, so I get that. And so, but one of the things we talk about is, you know, the sweetest, most amazing, nice people at times can just be gruff and kind of, you know, they walk in on a Friday afternoon or Friday evening and, and it's kind of our job. It's literally our job to take them out of that car where things were rough and kind of hold them and yeah. hug them and say, you know what? Sit down. I got this. Yeah, beautiful. You know what? Your job is over. Now, between now and Sunday, all the things that happened all week and that tra transition people into that. It, I mean, I literally just got goosebumps yeah, talking yeah. about it. Well, because that's real. I mean, that's you're talking now about, uh, and I'll go back to the word enrichment, the enrichment of one's life for a communal experience, for, for an authentic experience. And that's what I think I'm hearing is that, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're painting on a canvas of a restaurant with local produce. And, and, uh, but really, you're saying, come in and let me give you a hug. I mean, look, I think at the end of the day, your life is better when you make someone else's life better. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, that's another good place for us to take a break. We're listening to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolow. And our guest, Eric Lemonidis from Almond Restaurant in Bridgehampton and L&W Market, which we're going to hit on next. And yeah. uh, we'll be right back. The following is a public service announcement from 88.3 WPPB. Founded in 1987, The Retreat is a nonprofit licensed domestic violence agency. It provides a number of services to help break the cycle of family violence. The Retreat offers a secure residence on the east end of Long Island and works with local, state, and national agencies to provide a safe haven, food, clothing, and support. More information at theretreatinc.org or 631-329-4398. We're back uh, Sundays on the East End here with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolo. And our guest, Eric Lemonides, who is the owner, one of co-owner of Almond Restaurant right. and L&W Market. And uh, wait, uh, before we jump into L&W, what's your perfect meal? Oh, that's a great question. Oh, God, my perfect meal. There's no perfect meal. All right, There's but no what's your perfect meal, meal right mean, now? Right now, right now. Oh, I, I'm sorry. It's like asking me my favorite color. Uh, well, my it, perfect it meal. Last meal. Last, How about your last, last meal? Night, I was away for a week. I've been, I was, I was kind of, I was somewhere sunny for the last couple of days. Um, and, and I got home on Thursday night and last night I sat down and all I wanted in the entire planet was a cheeseburger. Okay. And at the end of the you night. You guys came, have an amazing burger. In all fairness, we have, we really do have an amazing burger and I was looking so forward to it. But, you know, and when it comes to a perfect meal, you know, when you're in the restaurant business and again, I'm pointing to you're Bridget pointing as to I'm doing this. Right. Um, it's time and place. It's all time and place. I mean, you know, it's five o'clock and you're on Peter's Pond and somebody gives you a half a turkey, a half a tuna sandwich. You're like, wow, this is the best thing I've ever had. I always thought that life. about wine. Like, like people would say, you know, what's the best wine you ever had? And I would always go to who I was with and where I was. But, but yeah. Sock, do you have yeah. a, like, what, what, what's your flat, la your last meal or your favorite meal? Uh, it, would, it, would be, it would be Peking Duck because it would take 24 hours to get. <laughs> 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 That's hilarious. <laughs> my, my, my favorite meal has not changed since I was six years old. Lamb chops with yeah. mashed potatoes and peas and a salad and a brownie sundae for dessert. That's it. That's awesome. That's my favorite meal. It's been, I mean, I, and, and I'm going to say okay. it. 
Mint jelly. I don't give a shit what people think. Mint jelly, not mint so, sauce. So are you are you the person who if if you're in a restaurant and there are lamb chops on the menu, are you ordering them? No, or, not no. necessarily. Got not it. necessarily because because I can always have that. But but I especially if I'm at almond, I'm going to order kind of whatever the like. I had funny. the scallops last night because that was the special. There is one thing if I'm in a restaurant, there's calf's liver or 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 tripe. It's my rule. I order it. Yeah. Really? Yeah, and it's not there. Neither one of them are, are things that are like. My most amazing favorite things on the planet, but if there's calves over on the menu, I order it. It's just. It's what about sweetbreads? Heartbeat. Yeah, because if, if, because if someone's said, daring I have a enough problem to with put sweetbreads, sweetbreads, I have a mental problem with. Yeah, but I think that if someone is 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 ballsy enough to put something like that well, on well, the balls, menu, before, uh, balls are part of sweetbreads. Well, <laughs> no, it, it is. It can be one exciting. of the many little things, but, or but larger some, things. But so are so hot plate. dogs. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but you're like right. This. If someone's going to put that on the menu, it means they really know how to cook it. So or they really you know, don't. Yeah. Or they really and don't. And what I love my about other rule of thumb is if if you're at a restaurant and it's dinner and there's an egg on the dish, order the dish with the egg on it. Yeah, I, yeah. I oh, well, that's that. that's Jeremy's ramen Thursday night ramen. I I gotta tell you, every Friday I'm like. Damn it! Yesterday was ramen. Although, although you know, I mean, I lived I lived in in Venice, uh, California forever, and uh, in the last ten or fifteen years I was there, I I actually was like, I'm so happy I'm not a quail egg because they're on everything. <laughs> 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 but quail eggs are different than eggs. Yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. Um, the funny thing about the ramen is my 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 boyfriend uh, my boyfriend Lee. Um, and I've known Lee since he was like yeah, 20. Yeah, Lee, well, Lee got his first job. At Tavern on the Lee Green. Lee Felty. Hi, baby. Hi, honey. Um, Lee Felty got his first job in New York at Tavern on the Green. Well, Lee was the, and he was assistant manager. And actually, when I bought the inn up in New Hampshire, he and Biz, Biz Bismarck Irving, Irving Hi, Bismarck. came up to the inn and taught all of my uh, servers and, and bartender and everything about fine dining. They did a three-day seminar. The thing that made me think of Lee right now was was you mentioning the ramen. Lee has a thing for the ramen. That is probably his favorite dish on the planet. Well, Lee, you and I have to have ramen together next Thursday. That sounds like a plan. It's a deal. Can I come? No. Yes, Damn, of course I'll you work. can. No, you yeah. can. You, all right, all right. Okay, well, so let's, let's talk about the LW. market. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the market. So what's what, the genesis? Yeah. The genesis. L and W was. It was. It, it was. It just happened. Um, there was a little antique shop next to Almond, um, and one day all of a sudden a woman moved out, and I literally just note like there was nothing in the store, and I was like, what happened to the little lady who opened the who had the antique shop? Um, well, apparently it turned out that she had the same landlord as we did. Um, so I, I spoke to, to my landlord and said, hey, what's the deal with that store? And he said, do you want it? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, what are you going to do with it? I'm like, I'm not quite sure yet. Now, but by this point, you're already fermenting, like the guys in the kitchen we've are fermenting and canning, right? We've been doing kind of what the cool thing about L&W is we're basically just selling retail what we've been doing in the restaurant for, for 15 years. Right. Um, but so the genesis was it happened, and we kind of figured like, okay, how what what do we make work, and what what do we need here, right? What do we need here? And it kind of brings me back to to sock what you were saying, um, you know, Bridgehampton, Sag Harbor has a feeling of kind of of a small town community. Bridgehampton kind of has for a long time kind of ha- been that town people drive through. Yeah. Right. Um, there's not a lot of walking going on in the town, and and that was something we kind of wanted to change a little bit, mm-hmm. and kind of I think mm-hmm. adding L and W into the mix there. And we've seen it in the last nine months of it of it being open is people are coming to Bridgehampton and parking their cars and kind of walking around a little bit. And right. they come into the and they come into the store, they grab a sandwich, they'll go outside and sit on a bench, they'll they'll grab their stuff and, and kind of go down to the beach with it. Um, I, I've had I've, I'm personally I've had probably a half a dozen uh, cups of coffee slash meals with people where it becomes where do you want to meet, and all of a sudden, again it's a destination. Yeah, you know it's it's, it's and I think it's slowly. 
it's kind of slowly happening, which is which is really exciting. And for people who haven't been there, I mean, it's 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 on the small side. It has some dry goods like chips or whatever and crackers and and stuff like that. And then it has a refrigerated the section. bento box stuff. That, that, yeah, that, the bento. That's amazing. Those so, are so great. So kind and of part of the sandwiches part of, and, part of the idea yeah. of what we wanted to do is we wanted it to have a little bit of everything, and it is right. really small. It's a tiny little shop. But, you know, we have toilet paper. <laughs> well, that's um, good. <laughs> and, and kind of our, our, our big thing that we've been doing, um, it, and we've seen it change from summer to, to fall into winter, um, we, we serve all the things that we make at Almond. Mm-hmm. We are now serving at L&W for you to make it home for yourselves. So, that's cool. So our New York strip that Jason has kind of perfected his marinade over the last however many years, we have our New York strip steak in a cryovac bag. So... Right. It's it's got all the garlic and the red wine and the olive oil in there, and you just kind of take it home, throw it on your throw it on a hot pan or on your grill, and it's kind of ready to go. The same and accept thing. all the compliments. Uh, except, <laughs> right. Take the mazels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> except right, leave the cannoli. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And and so you you have that idea again. It sounds very similar to the original almond. It's almost like let's go for something. And now it's just evolving. And, and we're kind of, you know, it, it's I, one of the things I've been saying to people is running L&W is exactly like running a restaurant, except it's 180 degrees different. <laughs> um, what are it, the similarities it, and what are the differences? Well, I mean, we're, selling, the food. we're selling food. I, that one I can figure <laughs> out for myself. <laughs> um, but it's amazing to see kind of the difference in what people kind of enjoy to have in their homes and what people enjoy to have out. Um, yeah. Generally, I think a lot of us, when we go out, we're going out. So, you know, I'm going to get the mashed potatoes. I'm going to get the, the thing that's kind of maybe a little bit richer, a little bit heavier, a little bit, a little bit kind of bigger. Um, and I think when we're eating at home a lot, it's I'm going to go, I'm going to kind of eat, you know, I'm going to have a piece of fish yeah. and a little salad tonight. And I'm, and I'm cool. Maybe I'll have a little something for dessert. A little but, pasta. Yeah, right. Something really simple. Right. 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 And we've kind true. of, you know, we've kind of created the store and created kind of a couple different parts of the store that you can for <laughs> certainly if you're one or two people. You can kind of come in and get something that's amazing to bring home for dinner. Right. Yeah, well, let, me, let me ask you this question. Get, like, but there's great design in the in the labeling, in the way the food is prepared, and 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 is that your forte? Who, who does so? The design? It it again. It it takes a village. Um, all of our graphics, all of all of the the labels, all of the thought that goes into the labels is actually Jason's wife, Amon Zygmunt. The person oh, and, the, the, and the artist. Ending. They got married. We, they got married. They have a daughter named Reeve. And they're um, nuts. <laughs> they're nuts for each other. <laughs> for each other. Um, their daughter Reeve goes to Hayground. They kind of have nice. a, you know, it's yeah. kind of, it's it's become a little thing. But but Almond, Almond herself is is a pretty amazing artist and she's done all the graphics. That's cool. Actually, Jason, let's talk, can we just talk for a quick second about the artist and writer yes. dinners? Because that's yeah, yeah. a fantastic thing that Sock and I went that's last That's my week. first one I've heard about it since I've lived out here and for whatever reason. I was so reason, happy you were there. I, so I'm, I never want to miss it. I it, Again, it was spectacular. So how did that come about? How did that kind of programming come about? Um, we started doing it, I, I don't remember how many years ago, a lot of years ago. Um, and the idea was it's winter, there's nothing to do. Let's kind of figure out a way to A, kind of bring in a little business, B, kind of have a little fun, um, and C, just see what the hell happens. Right. Um, and it was Amon's idea at the beginning. I th- she had kind of been to something similar where they kind of did like one communal table and it was kind of an artist, an artist gathering. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were like, okay, what do we, how do we structure this thing? We had no idea what to do. Um, and we decided we we're gonna do a, a, family, a family meal one long table, invite whoever came. The first one we did, it was small. Yeah. And we didn't really know 
And I think 25 people may have come. And we had asked our friend, my, uh, my good friend, uh, Robbie Bates, to be, he was our I first Robbie, yeah. our first writer or artist. And, and he was like, well, what am I going to do? I was like, I don't know, whatever you want to do. And Almond <laughs> was like, whatever you want to do. He's like, well, okay, what's so, the menu? So, so, so the invitation is to somebody who will curate the night. And the night that I came to, Brian curated it. Uh, Brian Howell. Howell, uh, Edible East magazine. Edible, well, yeah. All the Edible magazines. All yeah. the Edible magazines. Um, so, so once a month, and it's usually the first Tuesday of the month, um, we invite one artist or writer to curate the night. And they, they have Wednesday. as much... What, it was Wednesday. It's been Tuesdays. Tuesday, Wednesday. That's okay. the thing about artists and okay. writers. They're a little bit flaky, so they <laughs> go back and forth between. Right. Um, but the, that whoever the artist is that is or the, the writer, they curate the entire night. It's from menu to 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 installation. Right. I'm dying to do this. Can, can I Let's do go. one? Because I would do it with all like food for movies, and like I would do a whole thing about like movies and and the structure of screenplays and all this. Uh, uh, I think that'd be a hoot. Almond can can almond's the final decision. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. You know what? I'm I'm just saying because it, it was infectious. And again, the the night um, I walked in and uh, immediately felt like I never wanted to leave. But that's it, it, what almond kind of it does have that feeling like the crazy wallpaper. Where the hell did that come from? With the, the zebras, the, the crazy red. wallpaper. You know that wallpaper. <laughs> I know it really well. You know that wallpaper. That well, you, I wallpaper. asked you that night. It was Gino's, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gino's, right? It, that's right. Yeah, yeah, Gino's, and but also the ceiling. I mean, everything that was another. About it. That was another one of those stupid happy stances where we put that wallpaper up, and I didn't know it, but every Upper East Side resident of New York City at one point in their lives has been into that place, and they walk in. They've never been to almond, and they look at it. And smile. Yeah. Right. And it's and, really and Gino's, cool. Was there like a mob hit there? Like what? I don't think so. I think it was kind of that place that you always thought there might be. Okay. No, but the guys definitely hung out there. Oh, yeah. They hung yeah. out there in Maxwell's. Yeah. <laughs> it's all that upper, yeah. upper east side. Yeah. So that's cool. So, so again, it's just another thing you tried and there's traction. And, uh, and so uh, next month. February is, do you know what's going on? Or? Oh, God, I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to, but I don't. All right, it's okay. Well, <laughs> it's something's okay. going on, and it's either on Tuesday or Wednesday, on either the first or second say it's week. February 9th. February 9th. Um, and don't get mad at me. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's okay. okay well, well, people can go to the, I'm sure you have a website, and that website is www.almondrestaurant.com. There you go. Oh, so uh, that we uh, can com. see that. And uh, we're just about winding up. Are there any last words or shout outs you want to give? I mean, and I, you know, like while we're talking, this is like idiotic bridge. I realize that LNW stands for Lemonitas and Wiener. Like it took me that long well, to I figure it out. I will say this shout outs. My mom. Hi, mom. I love you. Oh, that's um, so sweet. Told me originally when we came up with the, with the name LNW. Um, that nobody would want to go to a place called Lemonitas and Wiener. <laughs> so she said, if you're hell bent, if you're hell bent wiener on sticking, Wiener and Lemonis, Wiener and Lemonis, Lemonis and Wiener. Yeah, okay. Well, she, and her her thought was, if you're hell bent on sticking right. with L&W, when people ask you, tell them it's for love right. and wine. Love okay, that's awesome. And again, that's like the Wiener curse. Also, it's just you can't put that that name in a in a title or something without somebody. Ha- like me thinking the worst. <laughs> or the best. Or the best. <laughs> <laughs> or the best. Well, this has been just an enlightening, wonderful conversation. Uh, Eric, we love you. Yeah. It's, uh, you. What you do with Almond, uh, you and Jason, has just really created a little uh, a little warm spot on uh, on the corner there. On the East End. Road. Again, this is uh, like, I, I love this show because I get to talk to and meet people uh, who are doing cool things out here. And, and this is another very unique uh institution really it is an institution uh, uh, here on the east end of long island i can't thank you guys enough this yeah, made my sunday morning i'm, I'm thrilled outstanding oh. everybody have a great day uh and uh be well and stay well touch me with your naked hand touch
Touch me with your glove Dance me to the end 